0: This is the takedown notice. Music podcasting of the future.
1: Stop what you are doing. Take a deep breath. And allow yourself to unite with ours.
2: Take down notice, I am Nate Owens coming to you from the Kansas City, Missouri area, although I'm not either in Kansas City or Missouri, so I'm misleading you all.
1: Fantastic opening.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Hey, John, where are you? I'm in Grove City, Ohio. Grove City, Ohio. Ryan, where are you? Seattle, Washington. How about you, Aaron?
0: I'm in Rochester, New York. And Will?
3: Florida's Emerald Coast, Santa Rosa Beach.
2: Listen to that. We have five guys here and we're here to talk about a bunch of music. I think we actually before we get going here, I think we have some housekeeping from the last episode, Aaron, I think you have some penance to do for oh boy for making a a somewhat crappier playlist than will, but Why I'm gonna are say oh, suffering they- through
1: this. Well,
2: it's. Aaron. I thought it was just one
1: of those where you told him he was going to have to present a report just so we'd prepare it, and then not no, actually do actually, anything. No, he actually he actually did
2: it. I, I'm curious wow. to know where Aaron goes with this because if you know those of you listening at home, you don't see all the background chatter that happens between episodes. But Aaron actually did a, a lot of research on this. I did. And so all the I'm more actually... funnier if
1: there was nothing in the podcast about it. Yeah, yeah. So he's
2: gonna he's just gonna cut this is what's gonna happen. So yes. Aaron, enlighten us. What song did you have to research?
1: So, uh,
0: the song is called Agadu. By Black Lace um,
1: This is a 1984
0: hit Yes, it was a hit Yes, it was In the UK um, it, went, it was the 8th best-selling single of 1984 That's insane and It's totally insane Because this is just like a, a dance novelty
1: number that they are in yeah over hey but before we
2: before we go any further who else here listened to it will you said you didn't get a chance to but ryan and john did you guys listen to it uh i don't hate myself so no i didn't okay. didn't seek it out I, I did
1: the proverbial dong punch and listened to it
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry i didn't mean for you to get to suffer too john so
1: whatever that... you're into man
4: yeah,
2: one time, <laughs> one
1: time. It starts with one. So I, Aaron. Anyway, I should Aaron. share in Aaron's suffering Aaron. since I did also contribute a lot to the Toto. There you go, Aaron.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is this is pretty bad. It was voted fourth most annoying song of all time. Wow. by How about uh, the other three? Yeah, I would say four.
2: Four sounds conservative to me. I know <laughs> it is
0: conservative, but this is according to a music website called Dot Music. That was in year two thousand, but in two thousand three. A poll for Q magazine: A panel of music writers voted it the worst song of all time.
2: Wow! Nice. Yes. Can now you give well, us it? Because I actually I saw that poll and that was why I picked it.
0: So. Yeah, magnificently dreadful, they say. Um, <laughs> but I think Black Lace, who recorded this, kind of knows this. They recorded a X-rated version of the song called "Have a Screw." <laughs> <laughs> have a screw screw anyway yeah and <laughs> it, uh, it was released on a b-side of a of a 12 inch vinyl called gangbang oh my uh, god yeah <laughs> which with was the, uh,
2: with a name like with a name like black lace you can tell these are really classy guys
0: <laughs> this is t- all class and it was actually i think illegal um or banned in the uk for so oh. We're blurring the lines between spinal tap and reality right here. This it's is like a
2: amazing. spinal tap to dance music.
1: Yeah. Are we missing like some weird indie film that goes with this? <laughs>
2: we're, just, we're just a big catfishing podcast. This is, yeah. the whole podcast has been leading up to this. No, it this really discussion right here. the
1: reach
0: of this song. It did everything but reach number 1. I mean, in 1984, it reached number 2. Reach number 2 it only held off by George Michael's careless whisper which i believe <laughs> Are you was the number 1 song of the year yeah so it was like a huge wow. deal for a while wow also other bands uh chumbawamba recorded a version of it in 92 why you mean not, surprise. Surprise. not at all. of course uh, they did. Goddamn, of goddamn course yes. they did you bet your ass, <laughs> ass they did and then Kellogg's.
4: it
2: must have been after the lager drink, drink. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said <laughs> Kellogg's recorded this?
0: Kellogg's did a parody of it with uh, the Vanilla Mini Wheats commercial.
2: Okay, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to ask a really a really important question. How do you parody this song?
0: <laughs> Isn't this song like its own oh Weird Al version? Sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's awful. Wow. It's, it's awful. awful. Um, so, it's taken on a life for the, the Mini Wheats, Wheats version. Yeah.
4: Hey, guys, can, real quick. Can I throw something by you? Just, I had a thought. Uh... What if we made this the shittiest podcast we possibly could, and then skyrocketed straight to the top? Because <laughs> I think we have hit on something here. <laughs> Just be as annoying as possible and ride that gravy train straight to the bank. Work it's for, for Will I Am. Is that good? Yeah, I say it's work for Will I Am. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, Aaron, didn't mean to interrupt.
0: Just no, that out no. There. It's think about it. it that's it's pretty much the life worth. of this. it.
4: It merits
2: a listen. Yeah. Yeah
0: um yeah it's it's just awful all around um <laughs> the
2: reason i picked it is because to me i was i was looking for a song and I, I you know i actually went on my twitter which i had like four people reply to me so you know <laughs> i have a really big reach on twitter and i i asked what's a good song for a punishment song like if someone's done something bad you make them listen to a song what what song would you pick and i got a lot of ones that were like kind of really o- overwrought and self-serious like one was uh, what if god was one of us which is which is a really ghastly song and I, I thought, man, that's still too accomplished. Like it's not genuinely irritating. And then I heard this and I was like, oh wow, this is like a five minute ringtone. It's like the crazy frog song that hit number one in the UK. Also in the UK, because they like extended ringtones there. Hey,
4: let's not forget about the hamster song where you couldn't go yeah. without hearing that, you
2: know, back. Yeah, through. so it's kind of in that vein and I thought, wow, this that was a hit. It was a thing we made famous. Well, we didn't. I'm we, curious, you know, how
1: did Macarena do? God, oh, it's it's another novelty dance song. Macarena was a number one
0: hit for the entire year in the either the late '90s or early 2000s. It was a huge hit. You can yeah, thank was, your Spanish teacher for that. <laughs> I believe it was '98. Wait, wait, yeah, in the UK or in the US? Oh, in the US. US. It was
2: like a worldwide ridiculous. Yeah,
1: but, no, but but actually
0: number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the so. entire year number one. Yeah, it was huge.
2: It was like '95 or '96, I think, Aaron. Because I was God. I was still okay. living overseas at the time. So yeah, it was. Big hit. Well, Aaron, thanks for thanks you for enduring that for us. I I feel like you've you have done your penance. I don't...
3: I don't think he has because I haven't heard yeah. a single bit of counterpoint analysis yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, counterpoint.
0: There's not much to it. I, I found a, a classical version of it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it we
2: should just... definitely link to that on our website because it yeah. is it is absurd. the fact
1: that you listen to like six different versions of this song suggests that you just like being beaten up. No, actually, or... it gets better. I mean, like the other versions are better.
2: So it's like a frog in boiling water. We... you
3: know, so it's like no.
4: Seriously, guys, by the 126th time I heard it, I was like, "Wow, this is really good." I can kind
3: of see is it. now the unofficial is... anthem of the BDSM scene. <laughs> yes. Wow.
2: X-rated. Now here we go. Oh, well, yeah. this podcast is starting on a high point. We're just gonna go downhill from here. <laughs> oh my! Only all one right. way to go, man. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> straight to the, straight to the bottom. It it, it definitely rises below vulgarity. Um, so I I like to think that's how we are here at the Takedown Notice. On that note, I think since we took up some time talking about this just dreadful song, we should try and limit what we've been listening to. Let's let's try and do one song or album that you've all been that you've been listening to, and just kind of tell us kind of some background on it and what you've been digging about it. and We'll uh, start with Ryan? Ryan. We'll start with Ryan.
4: I've been listening to Owen Pallet, whose new album In Conflict came out today. And I was looking to see what new music was coming out this week, and I'd heard that this album was coming out, so I started listening to his back catalog. And he he's the guy who did the strings for Arcade Fire. That's probably what he's best known for but his compositions are just crazy. And I said on Twitter, and I think I told Nate this, but his music is like way beyond weird of what I'm normally comfortable with, but I just can't stop listening to it. It's super compelling, and he has these really strange, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like really strange compositions, but it's grounded in his really solid and clear uh, vocals, so it has this really ethereal sound, but just grounded in these really straightforward vocals, and the the mix between the two is just I can't stop listening to. It. He also um, had a solo project called Final Fantasy in tribute to the titular video game, and uh, he did a that up. Yeah, yeah so you just, the, you just sold John on it. Yeah, yeah the uh, the he did two really great albums there. One of them is called uh, He Has a Home, which is really good, and then the other one is called it's a silly name but it's called he poos clouds which it just makes me laugh but it's uh definitely check it out it, it's really great owen Pallet. he
2: did the he did the soundtrack to that new movie uh her as yeah well. i think uh,
4: yeah i think so did he did he the win the oscar for it ever. did he win Ooh, the oscar for it i think hey, he was man.
2: not he was nominated i think i don't know if he won it but yeah cool all right thanks ryan um yeah. will uh give us one thing you've been listening to
3: uh, because of one of our singles for this episode, I kind of got back into Sonic Youth. I spent a lot of time listening to "Dirty" again.
1: Sonic Youth. There you go.
2: Cool. You know what? Sonic Youth is one of those bands I had. I came. I I, I don't love a lot of '90s rock, and I kind of came at them from that angle. And I, it's, yeah. it, it, you know, it's weird. I think. In like a post Nirvana world, I think of '90s rock as being a little more polished than they actually were. They're all much more noise rock than like grunge.
3: They kind of started noise yeah. rock, and I'm actually I'm going to take a moment to to out uh, out Seattle Ryan here. <laughs> I also came at them late um, because I first encountered them by going to a Thurston Moore poetry reading in Tokyo with a girl <laughs> I had a crush on. So wow, there we go.
2: Ryan's you been out Seattle. Se- Seattle Ryan's right? been out yeah. Seattle. Wow, John, how about you? What's the song or an album you've been up to? You've been listening to?
1: I've I've been listening to the new Bombay Bicycle Club album. Uh, I was a really big fan of the last one. Um, this one's a really quality listen. So.
2: Wow, I can you know I can say it's not often we come to one of these podcasts and I haven't heard like genuinely is like unless Aaron's talking I haven't heard him most of the <laughs> stuff Aaron brings up but this is like oh Bombay Bicycle Club huh that's a new one I don't know I don't know a thing about them I check them out well now now I have some homework I will have to look them up speaking of Aaron
0: yeah I'm I've been really excited about a group called Dirty Loops. They're a Swedish kind of uh, jazz fusion meets pop, but like progressive pop. Um, they have an album that's been released overseas and is doing really well called Loopified. It is a really nice album. Um, I don't really know. I think because they're from Sweden and they're singing English, I don't really know that the lyrics and all this stuff are all that sophisticated. Um, but the plane is... Just, it's it's basically all you would want from progressive rock or progressive metal but with a killer pop vocalist and an amazing ensemble I mean the bass player is top of the line we're talking like Victor Wooten type of skills oh I know that um, guy. Yeah. and it's it's just really amazing probably a standout single would be um, Lost in You Just uh, just a great album it's actually going to be released probably in the next month or so here in the states and i anticipate it doing very well although
1: we'll
2: see i'm gonna have to listen to that because it sounds like it'd either be incredibly addictive or borderline unlistenable and it <laughs> and i'm wondering i'm wondering if it might actually be both things at once which is is, is pretty compelling to me I'm gonna have to check that out you say it's yeah. not on it's not out in the US though it's it's, it's not out the, in the US, it's but... easily
1: accessible on YouTube I listen okay. to it I uh, I agree the vocals are top-notch I mean huh. we're, uh, what was I the mean, name again loop? dirty, dirty loops. loops
2: very cool well I one album I've been I, I was reading in the aV Club article on the new album by two yards which is called Nicky Knack and uh, i never heard of Tune Yards at all before, but they gave it a, I think they gave it an A. They, they gave it a very positive review. And I, I listened to it, and it's, I, I didn't know what to expect. And it was sort of a, you know, it's like a sort of, you know, female vocal artist. I, I don't, I don't recall her, her, her given name off the top of my head. But um, it's this sort of like weird Beck kind of electronic, but then sort of mixed with like an Afro beat <laughs> kind of thing going on as well. Like it's got a lot of, um, very complicated rhythms. One song called "Water Fountain" I really like a lot. I think the lyrics are funny, and uh, it's uh, and so it's. I've been listening to that a lot. Yeah, a lot of times I get like, oh, this is a this album was just released. It's getting a lot of good reviews. I'll give it a listen or two and then kind of set it aside, you know. But this one's kind of stuck with me. i I really enjoyed it so ryan i think ryan have you listened to that one yet
4: yeah actually when you had introduced me to it and i told nate at the time that's a band i would never listen to because the way that they spell their name is uh kind of obnoxious like yeah. it's, it's got like the a double it's, it's like <laughs> the hump to, uh, capitalization so i'm just like oh i'm never but it's I'm like glad it, it that looks like a case. zanga blog yeah it does i'm glad that i didn't see that because it's it's zanga. really solid i was listening to it this weekend and uh it, yeah, it's just super. It's infectious. Like, there's just an energy to it that. Yeah, you know, it so is. Much, it's... So much indie pop music doesn't have that same kind of drive and that that life to it. Yeah, it's really great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I listen to it with my daughter, two and a half year old. and She just kind of. Oh, this music, I like it, and so yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it is it's fun it's for cool. the whole family.
2: Yeah, there you go. All right, we probably ought to. Wrap this part up Wrap up show and tell And then we'll Move on to The main course What we're actually Talking about today I think I'm going to call on John to Start us out you want to start us out John? Sure What song did you pick?
1: The song Elevate By St. Lucia For me it's just a, just a really Catchy song For It's, it's not one I even really listening to the lyrics a whole lot in i'm it's just more of the beat plus it reminds me of the beach um and you know i've really really wanted to go far away from ohio for a little while um it's been a while since i've been on vacation so it was a it was a nice retreat in my mind um it sounds so, yeah. nothing like the beach Shout thanks will me a thanks for ruining your beach Lucha expert works. now because you live in florida i live 10 minutes from the beach and it is not the beach <laughs>
2: You know what John it, this is funny I, I heard the song and I I took notes on these on these songs you know and I got this one and I'm like this is this does not surprise me at all that John likes this and I don't say that at all to be dismissive <laughs> or to be critical but just I'm like yeah this is a John song um And I, you know what, it's funny, I was listening to it, and I thought, this is fine, and it was kind of pleasant, and then I, like, I, today at work, I was, like, walking to get some coffee or something, and I realized I was, I was kind of whistling the song to myself, (laughs) and, and then I, it's kind of been racing through, it's, of the three songs we're covering today, this is the one that's actually stuck with me the most, and I've, even though I've heard the, the song I picked way more times, this is the one that's actually, has gotten caught in my head, and, you know, and I think, certainly, I think when you hit, like, a certain point, you're, you kind of, will dismiss a song for just being catchy but this one's actually i I, it's 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 grown on me because of that um and it's not an irritating kind of catchy which aaron already covered in this episode
1: (laughs) so i do think (laughs) that it could probably be aaron disagrees with me we had a conversation about this i think that it could probably be 30 to 45 seconds shorter um yeah maybe but aaron real aaron was a big fan of the a yeah. Segue off. I into actually a like Dakota style. too.
2: Um, yeah, but, but that, that was another. That was another thing I, I put down. I just kind of like it. it. It's not. It's probably something you'd cut in a single version. Like if you. If and if they yeah. release it, you know, if people still release CD singles, that wouldn't be in the radio edit. But. I, that's I, I liked it too actually I well,
0: that was... let's let's talk about the form of the song just because it, it does make a link. it it's, it's pretty standard. I gotta I mean, go get a magazine. This is oh, the level gosh. of analysis I
3: expected for Agadu.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well there we go so I wanted to elevate my uh oh my game here. Yeah. Oh, oh God oh yeah we made it so... nine episodes
2: guys nine episodes without an Aaron pun. <laughs> So here you go. So so it's like a
0: verse one and then chorus, verse two chorus. This is all standard. Then we get a bridge and we come back to a chorus. That's all standard form. But then the thing that people say, okay, this is getting longer. There's two more bridges that happen after that. Um, They're they're no longer bridging anything. They're just kind of closing the song. But it's the same bridge material. And I actually like how all that works, partly because... What I like about it is the textural kind of space that's opened up with the, the the atmosphere that's created with a lot of the synth stuff. The atmosphere is very much in the back of the mix in some ways, and the bass guitar and the drums are just kind of right up front in a minimalistic way with the vocals. And there's a lot of sp- uh, like open space and then filled in space on the chorus. So open space in the verses, filled in space on the choruses, and the bridge plays with that open and uh, filled in space a lot. Um, It builds, kind of filling the space, but then on the way out, the last two bridges, it kind of loses some of the texture. It kind of gets thinner and thinner, and I think it really works with the kind of stomping bass kind of groove. And then the drums, I really think they're tasteful drum fills, kind of doing syncopated, offbeat things that really give this song a nice shape that... Yes, on a radio single, we would want to cut a minute off of. But I think as a, as a single here, what is it, five minutes? It's Yeah, it's, five it's, minutes almost. It's fine. I like it.
2: You know what? I I a lot of times, it's been very uh, popular over the last five years or so to use a lot of 80s influences. And this one is actually borders on homage to me. Um, it's past it's, homage. Yeah. I, it, this, this, <laughs> it's this cut almost, from whole cloth. This, this sounds like the closing credits to a John Hughes movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And I don't, you know, it's just, it's very, it's very heavy on the 80s influences to the point where it it almost feels like a relic. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing, but it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's definitely a, definitely a callback in that regard.
1: I don't dislike the end. I just thought it, in in my world, I would have probably said, okay, well, we can cut this 30 to 45 seconds off and I still got the, the song. Yeah. So
0: one other thing, and then I'll kind of back off, that I that I like about this song that the five minutes doesn't seem as long because it varies up the way it articulates the chorus or expresses it. The first two choruses are normal, but the re-entry of the chorus, um, any good pop song knows that by the third time you hear the chorus, it might get a little old, but you kind of need to do that to be catchy. But what it on after that bridge and the big build-up um it kind of arrives early it kind of throws you did y'all hear that where we have this thumping one two three four entry right before the beat and it kind of jumps at you um and that's what but
2: i'll I'll hear it i'll hear it once you once you've done the final cut of this episode then i'll be like oh yeah oh Oh, there it is
0: yeah 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 of course yeah and so i i really liked it was it was a small thing but i thought that was what you needed to do to make it interesting and it fit with the kind of groovy syncopation thing that was going on
2: cool ryan do you have any thoughts and then uh, will go to will it, yeah I,
4: I like i like what it's going for like i see where it's going and and i like that uh it's just i don't really care for like a super clean sound um but you know it's very listenable if i came out, if i heard this walking around it reminded me of a crate and barrel song like that's what it made me think <laughs> of like oh this is why i'd hear when i was walking around which you know crate and barrel has good taste in what they're overhead music is that's you know that's not a knock it's just not something i'd probably listen to all the time but you know i'd be happy if i heard it come on and be like yeah that's a good groove i'll Why try to choose
1: something edgier next time quality <laughs> that's, music that's okay it's uh you pick what yeah, you want man good. don't let ryan yeah.
2: push you around yeah will we'll, how about we'll you here.
3: uh i'm sticking by what i said when john was introducing the song this is past homage um i enjoyed it but it really is like the vocalist from Mr. Mr. decided to team up with the guitarist from tears for fears and (laughs) hire the drummer from Genesis to do the specific fills from in the air tonight while they played (laughs) the intro to head over heels and wrote some new lyrics for it.
4: So it goes from homage to pastiche.
3: It's an eighties song. I mean like the, the production is very modern um, and I enjoyed it. I don't. Yeah. I, I really like, uh, Tears for Fears at Genesis, (laughs) but it stopped being influenced about two minutes in and started really just being a worship as opposed to homage even. So what you're saying is they've developed time travel. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah. Um,
2: The simplest solution is the most likely one, definitely, so time travel I'm going with. But yeah,
3: but those, those fills that Aaron mentioned, I mean, they're great fills, but they... I... I would like to hear the feels from In the Air Tonight put into this song, because I don't think it would sound any different at all. Aaron, make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> we,
2: um, we just assume... Not, not,
3: to, not to give you more work. <laughs>
2: Aaron's actually a wizard. Right. Those of you listening at home. So we can, he can just do whatever he wants to in terms of music, and we'll, we expect it of him now. So. That's right. What have you um, done for us lately besides the last episode, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, More it's than we will ever I I will do I I don't together. disagree with that Will, but I I don't think it's really a problem. I I, I, I don't either. It's... I I
3: enjoyed it very much, but it um I yeah. No, no, that makes <laughs> I sense. I was kind of like I'd like, I'd rather listen to Phil Collins if I want to hear Phil Collins was kind <laughs> of cool. my thought by the time I got done listening so to what it. you're saying
1: is you don't want to listen to a Toto cover. You want to listen to a Toto I think exactly. that's, what I, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, man. All
4: right, I've does already anyone... talked about Toto more times than I ever wanted to. So <laughs> for the rest of my life, so
2: to borrow a line guys. from
1: Aaron. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Does anyone else have anything else they want to add to it? I'm good. Sounds like all hearts are clear. Let's move on. I'll go ahead and I'll... Uh, should, I, should we do my song next or Ryan's song next? What do you guys think?
1: Yours. Do
2: it. Okay, my song. I picked Gobbledygook by Cigaroose so like so so um I I came to Rós. this is from the album and hold on I'm going to bring it up on my Spotify because I can't memorize how to say the album the album is medsud Erem Vid Spillum Endalaust. nice um, you do
3: and you'll clean it up <laughs>
2: the, this is the album that uh, Sigaros released in uh, in 2008 I should I should give some background Sigaros is a uh, an Icelandic band um, generally regarded as post rock whatever that means if you're into you know meaningless genre labels uh, this is not a very representative song of their music really most of their stuff tends to be big, long, epic stuff that's kind of hookless and kind of backgroundy, um, very moody and very meandering, and in a, in a way that I actually can, like, do work to it. Because it's mostly an Icelandic, it doesn't get in the way of I me mean, concentrating. This song is kind of a standout because this is the opening track on uh, their 2008 album, and because it's such a, a departure for them, it's a short three-minute song, mostly acoustic. It's not a it's not a simple song at all, as Aaron, I'm sure, will will enlighten us when we get to that, but it's incredibly punchy for them to open an album with this song. And so it's it stuck with me um, just because of how uh, snappy it is, The just the whiplash time changes. There's this kind of... Aaron was... You guys don't know this at home, but Aaron just is amazing with some of the stuff he does in the background. And one of the things he did was provide us a translation for the Icelandic lyrics for this song. And um, the lyrics kind of brought to mind a lot of... Um, you know, like pranks, a prankster who's, who's pulling jokes on other people. And there's this sort of, um, the way the song will kind of keep you off balance by never letting you, it doesn't, doesn't really let you settle into a meter. And it just kind of always is a little unsettling and a little playful at the same time. And I, it's just, it kind of fits with those lyrics. I didn't need to hear the translation to enjoy the song, but now that I hear that, I see a little more, uh, you know, th- there's a little more parallel stuff going on there that I wasn't aware of. Um, I also like, when you have a song that's not in English, it kind of frees you to get lost in the song sometimes. I'm, I'm definitely a lyrics guy, but there are elements where I feel like the lyrics are kind of overrated in a song, and you can focus on them and get hung up on them. And it's nice this in this case, it kind of almost ends up being another instrument. It's, it's kind of one more piece of what makes it compelling to me. It's just this, it's almost kind of percussive and sing-songy. Um, the lead singer Jónsi is um, I think Jónsi. I'm assuming I'm saying that right, but I don't know Icelandic so. What do I know? Uh, let's 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 say it's pronounced that way. Um, you know, his his voice is kind of is he's not reaching for the falsettos like he reaches for. I mean, he does some, but not not like his other stuff. He's the phrases are a lot shorter, so it, it's interesting by itself. It's interesting as a part of their catalog, and I I just really enjoy the song too. I'm I'm curious what you guys thought of
0: it. The music's very interesting to me. I, I kind of had heard this song. I had a friend uh, back in Waco, Texas, who was a big fan of Sigaros. And uh, also a musician, so I kind of had a heads up that this was going to be kind of complicated music, maybe even more than it sounds. On the surface, they have a lot of minimalistic tendencies in their music, which means kind of a lot of repetition and yeah. kind of s- simple rhythmic motifs. They, they, but,
2: yeah, they do tend to be more about mood than right. you know, you know, than an action. They're not like a really. Technically amazing players, at least not that I'm, you know, not that I can pick up on. But it is, it is they're very moody musicians for sure.
0: Well, and, and they have subtle technical abilities. Their guitarist does a has used a technique that actually Jimmy Page used to use um, with Led Zeppelin, using a violin bow on a guitar. Oh yeah, um, does that? Yeah. And that gives a lot of atmospheric stuff. And other guitar players have done that. But so yeah, I mean, so they are they're they're very good musicians in this way. But most of this isn't like in a progressive show off. Way that you might see with a group like Dream Theater or Yes Um, It's more in A just kind of complicated Rhythms that you don't know are Complicated until you sit and listen a little closer Yeah Um, And I kind of broke down this song a lot And there's a lot Of most music is you know Grouped into like fours and eights and maybe Sixes and stuff but this Has a lot of like nine Beat groupings and so we get phrases With a lot of nine beats in them um, and I think the reason they did that is because essentially, if we divide this whole music down into the tiniest, tiniest like common subdivision of a beat, like a sixteenth note or something, they use 72 of those subdivisions a lot for dividing their music. And 72 is a great number because you can divide by nine evenly, eight evenly, six, uh, four, three, two, all the common music things very easily, and so you can kind of manipulate the, f- the feel of where the important accents are. So you might divide 72 by 9, and you get 8, or you might divide it by 8 and get 9, and so you can kind of play with all this stuff, and so they do that a lot with this. At the lowest level, it's a co- tension between, like, groupings of 3 and groupings of 4, and um, so you hear that a lot, and I think, like Nate, you were saying with the lyrics, um, the prankster boy. Act, um, kind of refrain that keeps coming in at the end of the verses um, that seems to in the wind blowing uh, wind in the in the hair um, the sense that we're never on quite feeling there's a steady beat and when we get it for a little bit it's almost like we're catching our hat for a moment before the wind picks it up again the verses kind of begin with a lot of syncopation and then they have this persistent syncopation which is just an emphasis on a the 16th note right before the anticipated downbeat just consecutively so it's really jarring and i think that tension and that kind of conflict with our expectations of where we're following tracking with the beat is a good expression of the, the lyrics to get a little complicated yeah. there
2: yeah cool how about you other guys any other thoughts
4: i, I love this song um i've listened to zeros for a while and I, it comes in the weirdest places, but I'll just find myself walking down a hall and go, la 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 la. You know, it just has that kind of. It's just when you're feeling goofier, I don't know, like that prankster spirit, totally makes sense. And it just kind of takes over. You know, they um, they very
2: rarely go for a playful atmosphere. Yeah, right. They like, don't. I mean, and this is kind of a fun song. It's kind of it got a, almost a bright, sunny kind of feel to it, which is that they don't. They don't do that, you know. That's
4: not. They have no truck with that. No. No. Uh... And but
2: but here they do. Um. And it, you know, it's actually Aaron. You kind of that idea of the wind blowing. I don't think it's coincidental that the album cover, for the the album this is off of, has a picture of them all running buck naked through an open field.
0: <laughs> um, so is it, the video.
2: Yeah. Is is that what the video is too? I didn't actually. The, watch the video is uh nudists. No. There you go. By the huh. way. Good to know. T I O. Going with the X-rated yeah, theme. If...
0: It's the yeah. a- yeah. <laughs> Nico case X-rated cover. Now we have X-rated uh, songs,
3: and uh, she's that Icelandic <laughs> girl, right?
2: We're we're, we're going to get a nice explicit tag on iTunes <laughs> for this. All right. <laughs> Will, how about you?
3: Um. Well, thank you for making me feel very old as you introduced this track, because to me, this is still the new Sigur Rossa album, and apparently, it's six <laughs> yeah, years had, old.
2: Yeah, they've had two since this.
3: Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> yeah i I couldn't agree more with what Ryan said. That kind of happy, just start singing along sort of thing is something I I really got off of this track in particular, uh, off of the album in general. Um, I was pleasantly surprised when I had the uh, singles playlist going on my runs this past uh, couple of weeks. I actually picked up the pace on a Sigur track, which is not what you would expect.
2: Yeah, yeah, you don't do that with Sigur
3: Right. Um, and I totally feel what Aaron's saying. What really drew me to not just this song, but this album, compared to the other stuff, is while it's still very atmospheric and kind of ambient, and I mentioned to you earlier, I, I haven't listened to them as much since I stopped writing papers for graduate school, um, but this album has a lot more of that kind of beats that pull you in because you don't know where they're going, and that's very much yeah. uh, in evidence on this well, track, I, I think
2: Well, I think the rhythms actually keep it from being almost cloyingly happy Um, Mm -hmm. because you know this is always a a risk you run with with bright sunny music is that it could just you get it's nice for three listens and then unbearable after that and it i I think this is actually the the little shot of lemon and the sugar that keeps it from being um you know too too much so well i
3: think it's the beats combined with the incomprehensible lyrics
2: yeah, and I, I didn't mention this, but some of Sigur Rose's songs are, I mean, those of you who listen know this, but are actually in a made-up language called Hopelandic, which I think, I think that lends credence to the idea that a lot of times you're not even supposed to know what the lyrics are, that they are meant as sort of uh, part of the instrumentation almost. And I think when you make up your own language, that that's kind of the implicit thing there. John, I'm curious to know what you thought of this one, if you
1: had or hadn't heard it before, what you thought of it. Um... I seem to think that I had heard this one before, um, I, <clears throat> but I'm not really not sure. I probably did just because, and I've always got a video game connection, I'm pretty sure the first time I heard Sigur was in the commercial, a uh, beautifully done commercial for uh, the Prince of Persia game that was more of an artistic styling of the game. For Xbox 360. I think that was like oh, yeah. 2008. Yeah, it was like um, five, six
2: years ago. It was probably around the time this came
1: out, actually. And they used a song off of Tack. Oh, yeah. Talk or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to butcher this, but like Seglooper or something like that. <laughs> um, and se- that that track, Seglooper, I mean, I literally, I would listen to it over and over and over just because I it was such a beautiful song. And then of course I had the context of the game and the everything it drives my wife crazy because this is the kind of music that I listen to when I'm doing my Photoshop edits and working on illustration and things like that because it's music I can work to very easily. I I know that was already said by Ryan. Um, This is my go-to type of music. I mean, I've got a playlist on Spotify that I will plug for uh, Keith's handwriting. Then he uh, he throws up some amazing stuff to work to, and I know there's multiple Sigur Ros tracks on there, so I I love this. Now most of the most of the stuff I listen to doesn't have any lyrics at all, but I mean it's freaking Icelandic, so I don't understand it. So I, I totally get the um the the voice as an instrument. Yeah. Um.
2: You know, I actually what I heard that from was Tom York. From Radiohead used that in in uh, he he was talking about their, their album Kid A, which is an album I like a lot. I know John doesn't is not as hot on it as I am, but you know I actually sense some of the same qualities in that. Because there's a sort of, I think the actual track Kid A is, Tom York's voice is so distorted that it's actually just sort of like a warbling kind of sound. And, um, I can see the comparisons. Yeah. And actually, I, I do sense some of that. And actually, you could probably make an argument that Kid A was one of the first big post rock albums if we're calling, if again, if we're going to engage in meaningless genre labels. <laughs> so, but that's yeah, what you I do mean, when you, when you talk about music, right? So,
1: again, I don't know whether part of it is, um, my innate uh love for any music that's attached to video games for the most part which is why oh my gosh when you brought up uh ryan the casino night zone yeah. thing for the last one i was racking my brain i'm like that doesn't sound like at all and then i real aaron brought up to me that it was the multiplayer version and I'm a selfish son of a bitch, so I've never played the multiverse <laughs> multiplayer version of it. It was always um always single player.
4: But you heard it and you knew what I was talking about, right? Like you
1: could, Once like, I heard it, I jam. was like, Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um wow. there are probably a couple other like aquatic zone probably would have also been a nice <laughs> uh, nice fit. But uh I mean, I think that has something to do with it. But I mean, I dig this genre. Um, I like things that I don't have to really th- and this sounds horrible, but I don't have to think a lot while I'm Listening to it, but it promotes my brain activity. Yeah, um, and... yeah,
2: and yeah, and this is this is as single ready as they get. Actually, the the second track in the album, which I'm way too lazy to try to pronounce right now, um, but the the song immediately following this is also very bright and sunny, and actually a little bit more traditional in its structure. Um, and and it structure wise,
1: um, I, I know. Aaron's much more equipped to talk about this, and he did a little bit in the meter and everything. I love the layering of meters um yeah, at the beginning cool. of this song where it just kind of builds up and then blends in and it just hooks you um, when those when
2: those drums and hand claps come in at the beginning it's suddenly like oh it's this kind of song because you know there's just like a little acoustic strum and then those the drums and hand claps come in and it's like kind it's tribal like, yeah well yeah it just suddenly like wakes up and it's it's really cool very cool effect
4: to that end one thing i wanted to add real quick before we move on um uh, it kind of reminds me, like, you know, talking about just singing it out of the blue. It's almost a little bit like being possessed, you know, it just kind of takes you over. And I feel like with the whole structure of the song is kind of that way, where it has these massive shifts where it's almost like like it's possessed by another rhythm or another beat or something else altogether. And it just kind of moves in these really jarring changes. But, you know, I think that's that's what's so engaging about it is it, it keeps you on your toes the whole time. But,
2: yeah, yeah great track. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, if no one else has anything to add about Gobbledygook by Sigur Rose, I think we're going to move on to Ryan's song. Ryan, yeah. what do you have for us?
4: I have uh, Holy Holy by Y Oak from their album Civilian. Chose this song because I we have kind of been talking, you know, we mentioned background chatter before, and we've been talking a little bit about uh, our religious background collectively and you know where we were in college versus where we are now. And so, I've been kind of thinking of songs that have a religious element, maybe that aren't overtly religious. And so, this is one that came to mind. Uh, I really like the song. This was kind of the standout track for me from that album even though I really like the album as a whole um, and it it takes a different approach to holiness or the idea of holiness than what I think most people would think of um, I usually think of holy as being a very pure and clean and clear-cut thing but this one takes kind of a different track and it reminds me of uh, the CS Lewis book till we have faces and it's kind of this myth, mythology analogy sort of book, uh, but in it, the idea of, of holiness is is it's almost an oppressive kind of thing where this there's the book talks about the stench of holiness being on everything, and it's used as as a way to bring up the ways in which um, we you know we use these language to kind of tie us down. And I think this is evocative of that. But uh, I don't know what did you guys what did you guys think of
1: the track? Any any thoughts? I I did like it. Um, I actually. Um went and listened to most of the rest of the album um afterwards, just because um i I like to kind of as a a practice um now I've started doing this with Spotify I'll make the play I'll listen to the playlist of what we've done and because of my previous errors with my lining them up and it getting to the point where you know somebody gets overlooked because of their order um in the playlist. I've started doing like the Spotify radio off that playlist. Um, and hmm. it, I'm pretty sure I, and I, I could be wrong, but it seemed like it was only choosing from those, uh, those groups. And oh. I came across another, or maybe it just happened to happen that way for a little while. Um, and I came across some other tracks from the album and I really, really liked it. Cause I mean, when my initial thought was like, eh, I mean, it's kind of like for me, it was kind of like Nico Case, and I know everybody here loves Nico Case, so I'm I'm gonna be in the minority there. But it was kind of like Get 'em, boys! Take... <laughs> <laughs> You're no good to us. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I um at first it was kind of like I could you know take it or leave it, but I I actually really started getting into it. It's a it's a fun it's a fun one to listen to just because I mean I know it's not a fun theme by any means. But it, it's, I it, like the take on using the, you know, very familiar. You know, at first I was like, is this going to be like something ultra, um, sacrilegious? But it wasn't really. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know,
2: it's, it's usage of the word holy. The way I've always heard holiness and the word holy described is that it, it really means that something is set apart, something is separate and, um, and so when we're talking about God, God is separate from us. He is other than than we are. Um, and then sometimes it's, you know, in a lot of Christian traditions, it'll be used in the context of the actual believer saying that they are holy or they have experienced a holiness experience, you know. And in that case, they have been set apart for God. And this kind of, I, it's a fascinating song because it takes that language that's very traditional Christian language and then it kind of twists it and that there's a sort of dark possessiveness that seeps into this. Um, I, had to, I had to kind of work on this song, Ryan, to be honest. Yeah. It starts out kind of with a non-hook. I mean, it's, it's this sort of, you know, we talked about Sonic Youth a little bit and I think, I bet Will, you're gonna get into this a little bit, but there's a kind of a noise rock element going on there at the very beginning. Um, the words themselves are, they're, they're kind of more give moods and feelings than direct, they're not, I mean, they're not very direct, you know, but as you kind of get deeper into it, you kind of see, to me, it paints kind of an unpleasant picture of possessiveness and of you will be set apart for me. Um, there's kind of a this thread of obsession that goes through it. Um, and, and then when you get down to the end, it's, what is it, um, you will be mine, you will be mine. Um, and that's sort of, and it's just a sort of like ugly sounding drone, and I think it's great. I mean, it's I, I really like how that how that mood works. It's kind of a dark, disturbing song, really? Yeah. I mean, when you when you kind of give it some thought, and it's you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of people from a Christian background would kind of balk at that and think that that is not how they want that language used. But like you said, it's sometimes to actually give yourself a better appreciation for what you're hearing and what what words you might be using. It actually does help to hear it sort of flipped on its head. And it, it it gives a little kind of some more background and some more context to kind of everything that's going on. It really fascinating song. not not one. It's not necessarily an enjoyable listen, but it, a really fascinating one. And I did I did come around to appreciating it by the time we were done with it. So, Aaron, yeah, will I,
0: go ahead. I uh, watched a short interview with uh, Jen Wosner. I think is her name. Yeah. Um, he's the lead vocal and uh, guitar player. And she mentioned at some point that kind of. She liked the idea of like seeing holy in hol- or holiness or the holy as a, like a deep human connection. And with that information, I kind of used that as a lens to look at the, the music. And when it says, the first verse says, holy, 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 there is no other story. Um, that almost, to me, I read that as this is reality. Ho- imagine... Uh, the song holy 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 read you know christian tradition orthodoxy there is no other story this is the reality and then we get the second repetition holy 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 it is madness seeking mastery which is kind of a critique of that saying this is madness we don't have there is what do you mean there's no other story of course life is filled with who knows what the story is kind of idea and saying this is us mad people trying to master life and then the next stanza play off of holy holy which is really a nice uh lyrical thing is take go hold me hold me hold me uh which goes to the point of human connection saying the holy is about hold me it's about connection is about um would you like to know me um and so on and so i see her turning this is again a very indie kind of culture thing to do but to say you know your master narratives um of what is uh true and religious. No, it's really about human connection and there's something divine or holy in that.
2: It's a very yeah, very postmodern kind of outlook there.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, it it's it's nice that it doesn't really reveal all its mysteries. And it's you know, it's not a it it's not a I mean that kind of postmodern interpretation, you know, from a religious standpoint, I don't really re- agree with that with that interpretation, but it's it's just fascinating in how insightful it is. It gives I think it gives voice to a lot of how people feel about, um, these ideas. And yeah, you're right. They're sort of trying to find that meaning in a human connection, whether it's actually possible or not. Um, very, very fascinating stuff. Will, I want to know what you think.
3: Well, I did not exegete this song at all, so I feel a little <laughs> unprepared. How um, dare you? <laughs>
2: I, I put my one year of seminary to use in this last five minutes here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
3: I don't know, I my approach to this song was, was a little bit different from how everybody else seems to, I guess. Just like we talked about a couple of episodes ago, episodes ago how Nate thought that Nico Case and Bjork were the same person. I basically had I'd heard of Y-Oak before, but I always just presumed they were Mumford and Sons. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> and so, and that was mostly just based on the name, it sounded kind of yeah, old-timey. Yeah, I can see and, that. So, before I even listened to this track, I put in just the Spotify shuffle for the artist, and most of that came off of Shriek, which is their latest album, which is a lot more electronic, um, so my expectations were kind of shattered there, and then when I finally got around to actually listen to the track itself, I said, oh, you are Mumford & Sons until you would turn into Sonic Youth, and, <laughs> um, yeah, so I I don't know, I I enjoyed it, I I, I liked the kind of almost, like, the cowboy western truck driving sound that it has, um, augmented by the noise. Um and then the you know, the female vocalist on top of it just adds another layer, um, to a style that you wouldn't really expect. I it also really cemented for me how Ryan has complained about before, uh, I don't remember whether it was on or off the air, but how he's generally an album listener and has trouble choosing singles because of that. Yeah. And that I feel like that was an evidence here as well after I listened to the single I went through and listened to the rest of the album and while the single did not stand out to me um the I, in context I I definitely saw where it was coming from um yeah it, despite the title I I didn't look into religious themes at all as I was listening to this <laughs> I was just like I'm I'm feeling the guitars on it um and uh it was a good listen. Or probably, I don't know that I'm gonna rush out and and, and buy the album at all. Um, I wouldn't throw them out of bed for eating cookies. There
2: you go.
0: <laughs> all right. There you go.
2: Cool. Well, anyone else have something they want to add to "Holy Holy" by Y Oak?
0: I w- I would like to say the lyrics were hard to come by, and it's a, just another layer of kind of vagueness because. There are lots of incorrect lyrics floating about, and for all I know, there's a, still a handful of words that are incorrect. And there's you can't find on websites the right words, and so I guess that's a little frustrating when it the song seems to pretend to be saying something um, about having religious overtones, and so it's just a, I guess annoying as a listener to not be able to find some definitive lyrics because it, it seems like to be it's asking for some kind of exegesis or something Yeah, you know just... I,
2: I think a lot of bands actually do that on purpose they don't actually release the official lyrics at some point i know that i think i think it was rem for like two or, i don't think they started putting lyrics on their albums until to, like after bill Berry left it was a it was a long time into their you know in, into their history as a band and so i think some bands huh. do that to actually so you're not focusing on lyrics just exactly as we're doing obsessively right here. And <laughs> you know, I gotta so say, that... if
3: Toto had recorded this, you would know what they were saying. That's true. <laughs>
2: right. And that's I probably right. would have thrown up in
0: my mouth a little bit. <laughs>
2: Be sure you mute your mic for that. Uh, I yeah, hear you, it. No problem. <laughs> Alright, we appreciate that. Alright, well, anyone else have anything else I want to add?
1: I kind of take back my, my statement about the not as sacrilegious. I think there are some definite overtones which i we already talked about but yeah I, I and, well it's not a it.
2: yeah it's not it's got it uses i think it more uses religious language than is a, a, a religious song
1: well the I, last the last little um section the holy 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 there is another story is madness seeking mastery we will be who we want to be is basically a giant middle finger to yeah christianity yeah, yeah. so
2: it's fascinating yeah definitely an interesting song
1: i still enjoyed the album <laughs> yeah despite it mocking my faith
2: (laughs) we're big boys we can deal with it uh let's uh i think we're we ran out of songs i think we're we're all done we finished up but we have another podcast coming up in a a little while and i think will picked an album for us to talk about on that podcast i did what album did you pick will
3: i chose the seminal 1971 glam rock album by t-rex electric warrior oh yeah Get ready to get your boogie on. That's right. Don't ever say that. I'm excited.
2: We will (laughs) will get all glam up in this joint. And uh, hey, we want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Takedown Notice. And we will catch you all episode 10 when we discuss Electric Warrior by T-Rex. Thanks, everyone.